Acts chapter 1. This is Jesus after he's resurrected. Here it says, During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And once he was eating with them, he, he, how many you know that Jesus liked to hang out, just like we like to hang out? He had community yes. with his disciples. And once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about this last week, that the Holy, that in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon people, right? And Jesus said that he won't just come upon, upon you, he's going to come up in you, and you will know him. But in just a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The word baptized actually means submerged. Okay? It doesn't mean that, you know, you. it doesn't mean sprinkle, right? Sprinkling, I guess, is okay. We're not going to argue whether that's legit or not. But the word actually means submerged. So Jesus said you will be submerged with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You're going to drown in God, right? So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord... The time has come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom. Yeah, revolution! And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those names and times. They thought Jesus was the second return when Jesus comes and set up a physical uh, kingdom on the earth. They, they thought this was the time. Jesus was like, that, that's not going to happen yet. It's going to be a physical kingdom, so a spiritual kingdom through my people. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set the time, dates and the times. And they're not for you to know. But you... Will receive power. Don't worry about that so much. Check this out. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, and in Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. So Jesus gives this message to the disciples, and then Jesus like doesn't teleport. He actually just starts lifting. And he just shoots up to heaven. Now, I don't know if it happened quickly or slowly, but Jesus ascended into heaven. He didn't, you know, walk another 40 days and then die. He actually ascended. They watched him leave. And he said, hey, I'm going away. I'm going to the Father. And I said, the Spirit, I'm going to come back the same way. I'm going to come back from the sky. But right now, I'm going up. So they're just watching Jesus as he ascends and then disappears like a balloon. that has healing. Just, Jesus. And it's like, I'm going to go send the Spirit. Just hold on. So then we see in Acts chapter 2, this event happens, okay? So Jesus is gone. So the disciples are like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's fast. Let's cry out to God. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, so let's go and let, let's pray. And so they're, they're all like in this room, the upper room, okay? They call it the upper room. That's, that's before visitation happens, right? It's in the upper room. It's the, it's the place that's set aside for prayer, right? It's the, the place set aside for us to go and meet with God. And so they go to the upper room and they're hanging out and praying. They're like, God, would you come? Would you send your spirit? We're waiting on the promise that Jesus sent. We're waiting on the promise that Jesus sent. And this happens. This is when the, in Acts chapter 2, this is when the day of Pentecost came. Now, Pentecost was a, was a, was a feast, a celebration for the Jewish, Jewish people. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Uh, one translation says in one accord. So people have made the joke that said, what kind of car did the disciples drive? I don't want to accord. 
Yeah, it's a really bad joke. That's why I didn't tell you. I was just, I was telling you what the joke is. I'm not actually telling the joke. Sure. Thank you. All right, so, because you guys know I'm not a good joke teller. So, suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind. And just, you know, a gentle breeze. A violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So here they are. They're sitting. They're praying to cry out, Lord, send your spirit. Lord, send your spirit. And then finally, I don't know if it took Jesus that long to get to the Father. I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, they're praying, and here comes the promise. Now, it didn't come tenderly and sweetly and just a still small voice. No, 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 no. It came violently. Come on. I'm going to get with like a violent visitation from the wind of the spirit. I would. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, little fires that separated and, and set on the rest of them. You like my sound effects? Yeah, I love it. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit didn't just come upon them. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 12. So with all these things happening, people were freaking out. And so it says in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And these are the people outside. It says, however, some of them made fun of them and said they'd had too much wine. <laughs> these people are crazy, right? All the, the, so they're outside. They're like, whoa, they're speaking in tongues. People are like, what are these weirdos doing? They're coming up and, and, and speaking languages that, that, that people are associating with. People from other nations are there and they're preaching the gospel in languages that they never you know, took that. What is that? Uh, Rosetta, Stone. Rosetta Stone. They didn't take Rosetta Stone, right? But uh, they got filled with the Spirit. They start they start speaking in this language that they don't know, and people are hearing the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And so people are responding, and 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 but they're obviously they're acting kind of crazy because they said, "Hey, they're they're they're, they're drunk, right. right? They're acting bizarre," and they're like, "No, no, no, no." And then so Peter stands up. It says right here. Now hold on just a minute. Let's, let's talk about Peter. Now, we we like to talk about Peter because we connect with them. But most of the time, we connect with the unspirit-filled Peter, right? We we connect with Peter in the Gospels, right? The, the, the Peter that denied Jesus. We connect with Peter who doubted, right? We, we, we connect with Peter who didn't stand up but actually sat down. So Peter stands up. Finally, Peter stands up. What was the difference? The difference is this event that just happened. That's the difference. Jesus was among him, and he screwed up. But now the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the resurrected Christ, is now in Peter, and he stands up. And Peter begins to speak. He says, guys, listen. You can read it right here. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. Now, Peter didn't say they weren't drunk, by the way. <laughs> right? We're not going to get too crazy right there. He said that they're, he raised his voice and addressed the crowd for fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this. Listen carefully. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. <laughs> the stores are open yet. No, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this is what it says in Joel chapter 2. Now, let me say this, that this was not the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. This was the beginning. 
Acts chapter 2 is the beginning of the last days. Right. How many of y'all know that we're living in the last days? We've been living in the last days, the last era, the last season, right? For 2,000 years, right? So it says this in Joel, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Now, the way that we would know that the last days is over is that this whole thing's wrapped up. So some people say, well, prophecy, that's, that's passed away. Uh, you know, the, the speaking in tongues, all that. But the spirit being poured out like that has passed away. Well, we're still in the last days, apparently, because we haven't in, hit the end yet. Right? We're still alive. The, the kingdom is not uh, set up on the earth physically. And so we see this. We are living in what I, I, I like to call, and I don't, just because I don't know the terminology for it, the kingdom age. Right? Not the, not, the, not the kingdom age of Jesus ruling physically on the earth, but not the millennial reign is what we call that. But we are living in the age of the spirit. Yeah. When the spirit comes and dwells and God rules mankind through his Holy Spirit inside of them. So it says your sons and daughters will prophesy. So there's your permission yeah. to be to prophesy. You might not be a prophet, but you have the ability to prophesy. Sons and daughters. Doesn't just say sons. It says sons and daughters. How many daughters we got in the house? You say, yeah, come on, we're over see that. Well, oh, sons and daughters. Your young men will see visions. How many young men have vision in your life? Come on, are you with me? And your old men will dream dreams. I'll, I'll take the young man thing. But I'll dream also. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So here's this event that happens, and it tr totally transforms Peter, totally uh, transforms Thomas, doubting Thomas, which we label him. It, it changes these guys, and it says in the book of Acts that they turn the world upside down. Why did they turn the world upside down? Because of this event that happened. I believe that these men were saved. I believe that these men were right with God at this point. But another event happens yeah. that caused them to emerge from mediocrity. Yes. To emerge from their state of weakness and function in the power of Jesus. Yeah. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We call this, the, some translation says, baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus says in Acts 1.8. This is what happened. Alright? This is you. This cup here. And we're going to... Somebody help me. Just hold that up to my mouth. Thank you. Alright, so... Basically what happens... Is this is you, right? And this water... Well, let's just say that this represents... Again... Our illustrations always fall short. But this is the Lord. And this is his, the water is his spirit. Right? And so this is what we do. We're like, oh, yeah. Jesus, come into my life. I surrender my life to you. I walk around like this. Right? Sometimes a little bit spills out of us. Right? That kind of thing. But this is what happened to the disciples. 
The water just got everywhere. The spirit just got everywhere. Right? I love making messes. So we're talking about overflow. That's what we're talking about. Right? Not just filling you up. Not just satisfying you. Right? As King David said, my cup runs over. Right? So what God wants to do... I don't think a wireless smartphone can rescue me. <laughs> so God's not interested in filling you up and then you emptying yourself out and you come back and no, no, no. He wants a constant flow of His Spirit in your life to where it's filling the cup and pouring out and running over. Just continually pouring over. It's just like what Jesus says in John chapter 7. Verse 37, and this is kind of the, the emphasis of our church. It says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. I love it when Jesus gets loud. Right? It means about what he's about to say is very significant. Come on, hurry with me. How many of you guys know that when you get fired up, you get a little louder? We talked about that last week. A happy, a happy has a voice, right? Happy has a sound. And so whenever, whenever I need to tell my kids something really important, I just don't just talk normal. Hey, guys. No, no, no. I get, I get loud, right? Probably sometimes I shouldn't. But I need them to know that what I'm saying is important. Listen, everybody, listen. I'm talking really loud so everybody can hear me. What? This is what Jesus does. <laughs> Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. For whoever... Do you like that? If you're thirsty, just come to him and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, rivers. One translation says, a wellspring. You guys know what a wellspring is? A wellspring is a place... That there's, there's a well in the ground. There's a natural hole in the ground. And water's just coming in out of it. It's pouring out. So Jesus says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So we focus so much on the external coming in and flowing in me. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. If you believe in me, a river won't pour in you. A river will pour out of you. That's right. Obviously, you had to get there somehow. It's in you. It's already in you. What are we going to do to unleash this river? And it says right here, but this he meant the spirit. Whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So this tells us that we can believe in Jesus. We can be right with Jesus, but still not be pouring out a river. Still not gushing Jesus. See, the thing, this, is, this is the reality. Our actions, our words, they're an overflow of who we are. Right? So many times we focus on what's coming out of people's life. Listen, if, bad, if negativity is coming out of you, all the time, gossip coming out of you, slander coming out of you, right? Lust coming out of you all the time. It's not a behavior issue. It's a spirit issue. So what do you need? You need more spirit. Yeah. You need the washing of the word. You need more in you. That, and we, we talk about this all the time. You don't need programs. Yeah. Right. You don't need ABC. You need the spirit of God. Yeah. You need right. Jesus to fill you. Yes. 
Well, how does that happen? That happens through you developing a little bit of discipline to spend some time in his presence every day so you're filled up, you stand full, you're continually being filled with the presence. I can guarantee you that 99% of the problems that you struggle with can be solved with you spending time with Jesus. Amen. I just can't quit being negative. I'm going to this. How much time do you spend in praying? Right. Oh, like 20 minutes a day. Come on. That's probably not enough. But that's better than most people, right. sadly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Four realities of the Spirit's outpouring in our lives. So what happens? Let's talk about these realities. The first thing that you can expect when you're filled with the Spirit of God, overflowing with the Spirit of God, is you can expect more tangibles Good. in your life. You can expect it. Um, in... 1876, March 10th, Alexander Graham Bell was trying to create a device called the telephone, which we come to know later as the telephone. And the first words that came out of that was, Mr. Watson, come here, I want to see you. So he's got this guy's assistant named Mr. Watson. I'm not really good at history, but it's interesting sometimes. So he's in the other room, and they're trying to figure out this device, and finally he figures it out. Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. And this was the first telephone call that we have recorded in history, 1876. In 1957, the Soviets launched the first satellite using this thing called basically the internet. All right? Which is what we call the internet now. And in 1989, we were exposed to this thing called the World Wide Web. How many of y'all were alive in 1989? How many of y'all were not alive in 1989? I remember in in about 1993, uh, right after I got saved, maybe 95, I remember the first time I ever got on the internet. I had this uh, program installed on my computer called American Online. <laughs> and you plugged the telephone cord, which we would have never had if it wasn't for Alexander Graham Bell, in the back of our computer, and it would go something like this. You got mail, right? It was way longer. All right, it took like two hours. And you're like, click on this picture and open it. It didn't bother you to wait because you're like, this is incredible. <laughs> to see this picture. I'm going to run some errands. I'll come back and look at it. Right? And so we had this connection to all the information we would ever need. Right? Yeah. It was slow. It took a while. But hey, we could get it if we wanted it. Fast forward about. Uh, 17 years, I was using a device called a uh, gosh, pocket PC. It was a phone. It had like a keyboard. It was chunky. It had a PDA. How many of you guys remember PDAs were Palm Pilots? I had one of those in my phone at the same time. And so I carried that around all the time, and I carried it on my iPod all the time because that's what I had my music on. Then Apple created this thing called an iPhone. Okay, And so I was like... Jesus, this is your return. And so I, I, I see the commercials and I want to know, my heart longed for it. So I finally went 
and got one. Now, I've been able to get data a little bit and all this kind of stuff, but whenever I went and got my iPhone for the first time in, in 2010, iPhone 3, I think it was the 3, and because uh, they had all these problems in the beginning. And so I got this phone, and we went to this girl who was a part of our, our ministry. Her name was Jessica. We went to go watch her softball game. And the whole time, I'm like downloading all these apps with 3G. It was super fast, right? <laughs> so like, oh, Lord. So look at this. I can, I can get this. All the information in the world. Yeah. All the information in the world at my fingertips. Yeah. Do you remember when that happened to you? Uh-huh. Good. Right? Anywhere you go. Unless you're like in the desert or something. <laughs> All the information I ever need. And we just walk around. And we still do this one. Always tell us, they should be like, hey, uh, what do you think? I don't know, but I can tell you in a New York minute. Boom. There it is. Right? All the ever, just Google it. Right? Just ask your final question. What is the information I need? Boom. There it is. At your fingertips. The moments. All the knowledge. All that you need to know. Did you know that with the disciples, they had a connection with God through Jesus? But it's kind of like in the spirit, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like God gave them like iPhones with like 10G. (laughs) That's probably limited. Well, that'll be slow one day. 10G will be slow one day. It's way better than LTE, right? And so now they are not just functioning with all the knowledge of heaven because Jesus said the spirit will teach you all things. They were functioning... Like Jesus functioned. They all were like spiritual iPhones with all that heaven had. Making our world look like his world. The disciples were doing this. They had a connection. Listen, when you get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, you have all the power of heaven residing in you. All of it. So you can expect more tangibles. All the power of heaven. I like to call it like we, we pray for revival. Lord, send revival. Send revival. Lord, send, send an internet connection. Right? Send a connection. Send, a, send an access point. Jesus is like, I don't need no Wi-Fi. I've got global communication of my children. Will they just turn on their device? Will they just turn on the spirit? Will they open up themselves to receive? I like to call it our revival. We pray for a revival. We pray for a movement. You are a movement. You are revival. Stop praying for revival. Be revival. Amen. Come on. We want an overtaking revival. We want, we want it to just come and pour. But it's already in us. God's just looking for people that will say, yes, I'll go, I'll do it. I'll respond. Yeah. Well, how do we know when to do that? When you see a need. When you see a need. We talked about the scripture a couple weeks ago where Jesus was looking at the world and, and he wasn't irritated by them because they weren't holy. It said that his heart was broken because he saw them as sheep without shepherds. Yes. When are we going to be broken for the people in the world? Mm-hmm. Stop just complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. We're such complainers. Complainers and drainers, by the way. Yeah. We just complain. Let's <laughs> quit talking about our problems. And start focusing on the promise of the Spirit to bring solutions to every issue that the world is facing. It's not a governmental problem that we have in America. It's a people problem. If people just get filled with the Spirit of God, we won't have these issues. 
So we'll just sit around and be content. I'm not content to complain about anything else. Yeah. Trust me, I'm pretty critical. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell them I'm being honest. Does me no good to point out the problems. Does me no good, but it does good if I be the solution. Amen. Because of the Spirit of God is within me. And, and then we have prayer meetings. Let's just pray. Let's just pray, pray, pray. And you're walking around with all that power. Yeah, you got to pray. you got to spend time with the Lord. But it's not fill me up so I'm going to pour out and be filled up. No, no, no. It's just a constant. It's just a constant filling. God's river don't run dry. Come on. Come on. So you can expect more tangibles. Number two, you can expect more power. Now, there's two words that I want to focus on. I think there's actually four words in the Greek. Uh, for power, but there's two words I want to focus on uh, this morning. One word is exousia, and we see this in John chapter 1, verse 10. Jesus said that those that believe in him, they will receive the, the power to become children of God. One translation says rights, because that's the word exousia means, means like governmental authority, right? Yeah. My son Judah has governmental authority to anything in the pantry or anything in the refrigerator. He doesn't have to come and ask me for those things. He has that right because he's my son. So Jesus said, you have the exousia, you have the authority, you have the right to become my children. So by coming to Jesus, we have exousia. We have authority because we're his kids, because we belong to God. We're princes and princesses in the kingdom, right? The second word is a word called dunamis. And this is where we get the word dynamite. Because it communicates an explosive authority of power. It, 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 one is Exusi is talking about right. Dunamis is talking about might. So we have this authority, and because we have this authority, we can exercise that authority. How many of you, know you can have the power, but until you exercise it, it's not being complete? So many of us are walking around with the exousia, which is great, but God wants to give you the dunamis. God wants you to have, this is what Jesus taught, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He says that it will be explosive, demonstrative power, might. The word exousia is governmental. The word dunamis is demonstrative. When Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, My message and my preaching were not with, not with wise and persuasive words. But with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, the word is dunamis. You'll receive power, explosive might. You can do it. Boom! You have the power. It's a power to witness. When we were reading Acts 1 8, when Jesus said you receive power, it's a power to witness. Now, when we, we say the word witness, I was kind of raised that that just meant that you go out and you tell people about Jesus. Now, a witness is verbal. But, but a witness is more than just verbal. A witness, that word is martis, martes, and that's, a, it, it, first of all, it's a legal sense. It's like if you're having a courtroom and someone comes up and they get on the stand, they're a witness, right? When you guys are familiar with that. So when Jesus says that, that's what he's talking about. He said they're a witness. But it's also the word that we use whenever people die for their faith. That's where we get the word martyr from. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so Jesus says in the book of Revelation, oh, I love this. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Right. That's good. 
and they love not their lives unto death. Because we love that first part, right? But they love not their lives unto death. So it's not that I love my life. No, I'm a testimony of Jesus. I don't just share a testimony. I am a testimony. And because I am a testimony, I share a testimony. This is what the Holy Spirit gives you power to do. To have a testimony. To have a testimony of the goodness of God. So the goodness of God is in you. It's demonstrating. It's happening. And so you're telling people about it. You're telling people about the goodness of God. You're sharing the gospel because that's the goodness of God. You're sharing the promotion that you got in work because that's the goodness of God. You're sharing the headache that got healed because it's the goodness of God. You're a testifier. You get the testimony. You have the power to witness, to be a witness, one that has a testimony, even to the point of death. I love it that uh, in Romans 8, it talks about we bear witness. The Holy Spirit is in us to bear that witness of Jesus. Uh-huh. We are testimonies of God's goodness. God's goodness. Listen, he pours out on us and in us so that we can be poured out onto the world. He's not just filling you up so you can have a good day or have another experience. He's filling you up because he wants to pour out of you upon nations. The power to witness, number two, the power to overcome. Again, Romans 8, great reference for that. And the power to function like Jesus. It's good that I'm going away. I'm going to send the Spirit to be upon me, the power to witness. So you can expect, number one, more tangibles. Number two, more power. And number three, more fervency and passion. Now, when I met Jesus, when I was 18 years old, I was kind of like a little timid. Okay, my son Judah is kind of like that. He's he's a little timid. I was just like that. Some people would say, there's no way that Josh Brown was ever like that. I was totally like that. I was real timid. I didn't really like to talk to people. I didn't know well. I was very kind of reserved. But something happened to me. And it wasn't just that I got saved. But I received this baptism of fire. Check this out. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John is saying this about saying this. He said, "I baptize with water, so that those who repent to their for those that repent to their sin and turn to God. But someone who is coming, who is greater than I am, who is so much greater than I am, not worthy to even be his slave and carry his shoes. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What happened in the Book of Acts? Violent wind." Fire fell upon their heads. And then fire came out of their mouth when they went out and preached the gospel. We see a people that were mild in their demonstration of the love for God to a people that were passionate, to a people that were fervent. Listen, you're like, well, that's just not my personality. Again! More. You just need more. Man, I just wish, you know, sometimes I just need to be, you don't, you don't need to wish, you, know, you just need to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's like you're chasing something, Josh. I am. I want more. And I hope you're not satisfied with the level that you have. Come on. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And at another point, he said, you're the light of the world. In scripture, you don't have light without fire. It just don't work. And so the more passion you have, the more fervency you have for Jesus, the brighter you will burn. And it will happen through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I'm going to baptize you with fire. What the heck does that mean? That means submerged in fire. Then you be burning for God. Come on, man. I'm baptized in fire. Uh-huh. No, no, no. <laughs> Boom, burning, blazing. 
Well, that's just not my personality. Great! God gets more glory that way. Because it's never been about you. It's never been about your limitations or your weakness or the way that you were born or your 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 it's not about that. It's not about you, it's about him. When are we gonna get over this? I'm so sick and tired of self-improvement crud that we're hearing in the world all the time. Oh, you just need to improve yourself. Jesus said you need to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. You want to talk about fulfillment? That's how you get fulfilled. Let him fill you. Let him fill you. You want to feel better about myself. You don't need to feel better about yourself. You get the approval of God on your life, all that will take care of it. It's called exousia. I'm a child. Boom! I'm burning for God. Back to the notes. All right, number four. More courage and boldness. Again, I'm just not a very courageous person. Neither was I. I'm just not very bold. You're bold. You are bold. You're bold about something. I guarantee you that there's something that you're fired up. It might be the Dallas Cowboys. Probably shouldn't be. For the Steelers. All right? You're bold about something. What are you boldest about? What is the topic of your life? Acts 4, 31. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Again, Peter. Denying Jesus three times. Right? Three times he denied Jesus. Now he's preaching to multitudes and they're getting saved. Now he's walking down the street, a shadow lands on people, and they get healed. What the heck happened? He was baptized with fire. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Something else happened. He wasn't just saved anymore. Acts 4.12, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. Well, I haven't been to Bible college. I don't know that I'm a brand new Christian. Hey, you know, by the way, Peter and John, even though they spent a lot of time with Jesus, they were brand new Christians. I mean, they really were. The transformation that happened inside of them just happened. I mean, they had some groundwork. They had a grid. They had the teaching and all that. But here it says that they didn't have any special training in Scripture. How many know that they had something inside of them that was more more powerful than all the training they did? That's they also recognize that these men had been with Jesus. So it's not about your knowledge. Well, I just don't know the Bible like that. When you start going and you start telling me, you, you, you'll recognize real quick how much of the Bible you know. It's crazy. I, I, I have conversations. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm like, oh, yeah. That, I'm studying, and I'm like, oh, yeah. The scripture. Da, 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 da. And then when I'm preaching, it's like I'm getting like all this like download fresh right there. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he bears truth in us. So when we start flowing a little bit, we're not just studying it. I'm just like, okay, let's figure out how this goes. It's like, boom, it starts happening. And it's the same way with you when you're sharing with somebody and you're like talking to them. You're like, this happens. Yeah, you know what it says in the word. And you're like, you didn't even know you had that verse memorized. Right? I don't know what I'm talking about. It's this Holy Spirit. So you, you, you just go. You open your mouth and God will fill it. So, I, I want to talk about this event. I was 18 years old, 1993. 
1993, just graduated high school. I just given my heart to Jesus. I actually didn't really give my heart to Jesus. It wasn't like that at all. It's like my, my ex-girlfriend gave me a Bible. And uh, God bless her. And uh, I had a King James Bible, and I had this Bible. It was like one of those rainbow Bibles. I was like highlighter, and I already built into it. It was just weird. And so I remember, like, there was this album called The Secret Place. Well, it wasn't an album. It was a set tape. And I had a record. They didn't have CDs yet. They might have, but I didn't have one. They were like $800 or something. And so I had my little Walkman, and there was this rec- this uh, tape called The Secret Place. It's this guy named Ken Henry. And uh, every night, I, I remember that all these things were going on in my life. My, my youth pastor contracted uh, an HIV virus, and a new guy was stepping in. And my girlfriend that I've been with two years broke up with me. And I was driving in the back of the car one night, and this girl told me, Josh, you're totally different than you are in church. I was just having like, all these crazy things happening. All these, my, 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 uh, one of my best friends at the time had, had uh, almost killed himself by, by drinking while intoxicated. And it was enough for me to give up the bottle. And so I, I was like, Jesus, that's it. I'm tired of living a double life. I'm tired of playing games. I'm coming after you. I'm going to find out who you are. And so for three months, I got in that word, that Bible she gave me, and had a King James Version next to it. Because for some reason, I thought it was more spiritual. It had vows in there. And I would put my headphones on every night. I listen to this song. As I come into your presence, past the gates of praise. Do you sing? I'll sing a song. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. I started listening to this song. I'm like, oh. And so God would just invade my bedroom every night. And I'm just pursuing Jesus. And man, I'm having like these crazy encounters with Jesus. I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. I've got like this notebook. I'm writing stuff down. Like, wow. I don't even know how to write anymore because of devices. But And so what happens is at our church, they really made this issue about people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I was like, well, I know I'm saved, but I want that. And what they had said, they said, well, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get your prayer language. You'll start praying in tongues. And I was like, okay, well, I want that. I want, I want everything, right? <laughs> get out of me. I'll take it, Jesus. And so I go to church, man. I'll be like pressing in. I'm like, dude, you guys have no idea, like, how bad the worship was. But it didn't matter. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going out. Woo! Right? And I'm like going after God. And on Sunday mornings, we'd have church. And on Sunday nights, we'd have church. And so we would say that we got the snakes out. We didn't literally, but we just got wild. Like we cut loose. We didn't worry about time or anything. And so I knew, man, on Sunday nights was awesome. Well, I've been seeking this baptism of the Holy Spirit for like four months. And so every time, you know, I was embarrassed. I was like, I don't want anybody to go on. I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to love Jesus. Man, I want that. Right? But everything was just kind of here. Like, I was excited. I mean, I was committed. Things were growing. So July 4th, 2003, God had just called me in the ministry. Oh, did I say 2000? Sorry, 1993. Thanks, bro. And so, pick it up, you know, I'm all right, the end of service, pastor just preached for two hours. We didn't mind. We didn't mind back then. And so, they're like, who needs a baptism in the Holy Spirit? I was like, I do, man. I said, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And they're like, hey, altars. 
and uh, there were like these padded things, you know, padded. That was probably somebody's quite critical of that at one time. They don't need to be padded. They were cutting edge to get padded pieces. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going, I'm like filling this pad with tears. I'm like, God, oh, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I have people praying on me, and the whole lady's going, let it go. And this other person's like, hold on. And I'm like, what do I do? And so there was something in me like, this like language, this weird word I was wanting to say. I don't even know what it was. And uh, I was like, that's not tons. It didn't sound like this person. And so there are people praying over me in a prayer line. There's a guy named Brother Light who came up with the church thing. And he's like, you know, these people are praying over me, man, because they saw God was working in my life. But I was like needing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I knew they'd take me to the next level. And all of a sudden, they're just like, just say that, like what you're experiencing inside. So I like said this syllable. I don't even know what it was. It was like shout out. I don't know, it probably wasn't that. I was like, Bruh. and they were like, and all of a sudden, like uh, this this thing, I just like it was like a switch. Like when I just responded to that thing that was inside of me, and I said it, it's like all of a sudden, like God just starts pouring out of my life, and I'm like, Wah! and I'm just like start screaming. I'm like, oh God! And I took off running, and I'm like running around the church, and I'm like, oh, so good. Freaking out, and I like go outside and run around the church building at four times, and I like run back inside. And I'm like, oh, and then they had this like testimony time at the end of service. I'm like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go kill the devil. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, no. And they're like, all right, somebody come on and testify. And I'm like, I'm all exhausted. I'm running around, and there's this other guy there with me. And he's like all fired up too. And I'm just like, I'm kind of like exhausted and fired up, but kind of like freaking out. Like I'm like, that's probably happening, right? Huh? And so this other guy shares and everybody's like, yeah, thank the Lord. You know, they got the little things. Pop, 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 pop. I better not say that. Anyway, they got the thing. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And so I shared, everybody's like, boom. Can I tell you that that guy today, he serves the Lord, but he's just, he hasn't worked it, what he had in his life that day. And then here I was, I was like, man, I, nothing else, I'm, I'm never going back. We both had the same experience, but one of us worked it, and the other didn't. And so, I believe this morning, that, that the deposit that was made on me, I want to share with you this morning, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, I don't even agree, and all that I agree that. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But let me give you three quick things. And we're going to move along this morning. Listen. Some people say, well, I am saved. I've got it. Well, interesting because in Acts 19, verse 2, you can see where Paul goes to some people that were serving Jesus. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they're like, we didn't even know about this Holy Spirit stuff. We just knew about Jesus. And he says, he prayed with him when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues and they prophesied and all this kind of stuff happened. So, and I know people get hung up on the, on the tongues thing. Okay, look, just, just hold on just a minute. Well, tongues is a gift. There's, first of all, there's three kinds of tongues in Scripture. We're not going to go. This isn't a series on tongues. This is a series on the Holy Spirit. So we, we can talk about that if you would like to. I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. But the, the tongues thing is not, you speaking in tongues is not the Holy Spirit. Right. I was at a church one time, and this kid got up, and he's like, I was praying, and God gave me my prayer language. I was like, what? He did, but that isn't what you got. Right. 
It's like when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, tongues are like tinted windows. It's not the engine. Come on, Raven. It's just something that comes with the vehicle. And so it's just something that happens most of the time. I think most of the time, I think probably 99% of the time when people are bound down the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. This is what we see in Scripture. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you because that didn't happen to you that you didn't have some kind of experience or you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. So just to deal with that real quick. Because I think it will happen to you. Because we do see that. Everybody that was baptized in Scripture, they receive this. And it's, I know, it's weird. Well, study that in Scripture. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. You don't believe me. All right. Number one, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Number one, you open your heart. And how many know that it takes humility to say, I don't have something that I need? You got to open your heart. You got to believe that this is something that God wants for you. It's not a gift that can be given to you if you're content to live without it. Number two, ask, seek, and knock. But that means you just ask Jesus for it. And, you know, Jesus talks about that scripture. We like to put that on, you know, little plaques in our house. Ask, seek, and knock. You know what Jesus is talking about? The Holy Spirit. He says, if you ask, if you ask for bread, is God going to give you a stone? No. If, you're, if your earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his children, how about will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's right. So open your heart. Say, God, it's something I need. Ask. Seek and knock. And if you don't receive, you keep on seeking. That, actually, the translation is ask and keep on asking. Yeah. Seek and keep on seeking. Now, that's what I did for three months. Yeah. I don't think it has to be that way, but for me, that's what it took. It didn't have to be somebody praying for you. Unless it got baptized in the Holy Spirit at her house or something. Like, just invaded her. I, I really feel like I have a gift to just pray for people when they receive it. I don't know why. It's just something God's given me. Um, because I think it's a lot more practical than spooky. Come on. God's not going to give you a stone. Number three, receive. So open your heart. Ask, not seek. Number three, receive. Verbally give thanks to God that you receive it. Verbally. And I think it's really important verbally here because people are like, well, I don't really pray like that. Well, maybe you should. When you talk to me, you use your voice. Why not use it when you talk to God? Something when we speak that kind of generates our engine, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Verbally give thanks to God. So right now we're going to pray. This is going to come up. Or Nathan's going to come up. And you're just going to just begin to verbally thank God. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to open your heart. You're going to ask to receive it. And you're just going to verbalize what you're experiencing. And some of you, you're going to like have this thing going on inside of you, like a weird word. Just go ahead and say it. Nobody's going to judge you. They're going to think you've been speaking in tongues your whole lot. And they'll be like, man, I wish my prayer language was like theirs. Right? <laughs> or you guys have been around somebody and they've like been praying in tongues for like 20 years. Right? Just like somebody that's been speaking English for 20 years. They should. You would think that I would be better at speaking English. But you would think that someone speaks English for a longer amount of time. They'd be better at it. Obviously. Mariah's like, Elisa's like one word right now. Mama. Dada. Wawa. Duda. I mean, that's what she says. That's just where she's at. But as she grows, it'll develop. So just verbalize what you're expressing. And you might not even do it here. You might do it later. But I love Psalm 81.10. It says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So you just start speaking that. So I believe this morning that God wants to do two things. I think, first of all, God wants to initially baptize some of you in the Holy Spirit. That might, Tongues might come with that. It might not. Okay? I think it probably will. It might not happen right now. 
And secondly, I believe a refilling today. Because some of you, you've had that in your life. You've had the Holy Spirit coming and working in your life, but you've allowed it to go dormant. And so what God wants to do today is stir you up. So let's just stand up right now.